What's going on, man? It's the microphone fiend, man. You know what it is, man. Hard knock radio, man. Play it loud. Make sure you know what time it is, baby. Hey, this is Dawn. And I'm Max. From In Vogue. And you're you're listening listening to Hard Hard Knock Knock Radio. Radio. News, views, and hip-hop. Yo, this your brother, Bamboo. This is DJ Fat Trick. We are on Hard Knock Radio. You are listening to the news, views, and hip-hop from the progressive perspective. Yarra brah. Peace, this is Jasiri X, and I'm here with One Hood, and you on Hard Knock. It inspires the baby's questions. What's that? How can we, as a community, positively affect the lives of black men so that black men can continue to positively impact the world? Can I ask you a question first, I want to ask you a quick question. question. How can we hold ourselves accountable when we don't know why we think the way that we think? The first thing is we cannot be held accountable if we don't know what's wrong with us. But no one stopped to think about the babies, But no one stopped to think about the babies. In every picture, pitching coke vows. Imagine babies being born with a black mask and a bullseye birthmark on our black ass. While Officer Loman shot to mid that fast. 400 years of fear appeared in the gap blast. They ain't tell us we'd be murdered by the policia. Ooh, child, they said things were gonna get easier. They ain't tell us we'd be crucified in the media. Turned into a hashtag, highlights on Wikipedia. The rich get greedier, the poor more needier. The hood seedier, lock us up instead of freeing us. Who speaks for us? We ain't listening when you preach to us. So concerned when we can only learn what you teaching us. Of love is a lap dance and hip hop is rap bands. Our babies, they don't stand a fat chance. Damn. Davey D, Hard Knock Radio, hanging out with you this afternoon. And on the phone line with us, all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was going to say Pittsburgh, California, because we do have a Pittsburgh out here. But it is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is the Berg without the uh, H. Uh, we're talking about the one and only Jasiri X, uh, who has just put out an album that is capturing a lot of attention. It is called Black Liberation theology and uh we wanted to kick things off with him uh first of all jasiri welcome to the show and how have you been doing oh man uh, i've been good man uh, first of all thank you for having me on the show as, as always man and uh man just wrapped up an incredible you know 2015 probably for my career the best year i've had and just looking forward to bigger and better things for uh, 2016 when you say it's a big year, you know, how do you identify yourself as an artist or as an activist, as an organizer? Because depending on who people talk to, they know you <laughs> quite well for one of those three areas. Uh, I would I would say all three. Um, I would probably, you know, identify myself as an activist first uh, because the art that I make comes out of the activism uh, that I do is definitely inspired by and um you know, through the lens of that activism. So I definitely would say, you know, first an activist and then an artist, um, you know, or organizer, all of that comes after, you know, kind of the, the work that I do in the community. 
what what distinguishes or differentiates a an activist from somebody who just may have a message in a song? And I ask this because there's a conversation that has been coming up a lot lately that talks about the fact that it is really uh, to a great deal an African-American phenomenon where we have entertainers and artists who are projected oftentimes into positions of leadership. And while that may be good on one hand, it has its, its drawbacks, especially if that entertainer uh, has connections and their politics is shaped by the dictates of their industry that they belong to. And so, you know, what often has been getting challenged, what has been getting challenged over the past, you know, five to ten years is really like, well, just because you have a microphone don't necessarily mean you're an activist. So how do you, is there a way in which you kind of differentiate that? Absolutely. Well, I think like, um, you know, I think it comes down to, you know, what you do. Um, if the totality of your um, experience is, you know, simply rapping and making an album and, you know, even if it has socially conscious content and then going on tour, that's great. You know, and that's a, that's that's needed, and it provides a a particular level of inspiration. Uh, but I think that um, that the activism part comes into like, what are you doing on the ground in your community and for your community? You know, so for me, and kind of the reason I put myself as an activist first because one hood and us creating this organization, one hood in Pittsburgh, came before I really even you know became known nationally as a hip-hop artist on the national level actually when we were starting one hood in the beginning i had stopped rapping uh because so many people told me that you know i couldn't be successful in hip-hop with with messages in my music and so i just was you know we were active in our community we started this organization not only to stop you know the violence in our community help combat the violence in our community but also to give a uh, voice to young people specifically at that time young black men in pittsburgh you know in a city uh, where, uh, according to the United States Census, we have the poorest black community in the country, even though we're America's most livable, livable city. And so, you know, since 2010, we've had a One Hood Media Academy where we're teaching, you know, uh, black youth, men and women, how to analyze media, how to create media for themselves. And so um, I think that being present, you know, building something, giving something back in a very concrete way is what differentiates somebody that is a, a activist or somebody that's just you know, making, you know, socially conscious music, which is good in its own right. I want to listen to a song from you in a minute, but I also want to kind of give some context to why I even asked that question. Um, shortly after the police and, or the, the uh, district attorney in uh, Cleveland, uh, his name is Tim McKenty, uh, decided that he would not press charges uh, against the police officers who killed Tamir Rice, the 12-year-old, uh, there was a lot of outcry and a lot of upset. And uh, out of that, you know, the conversations around that, you had set off a firestorm by pointing out that on the date that we celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, uh, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors here in Oakland will be in Cleveland playing the Cleveland, um, you know, Cavaliers. And you have put out the suggestion that it would be great to see the two-star basketball players of the NBA, LeBron James 
and uh, Steph Curry uh, both take steps up and refuse to play on that Martin Luther King Day game, uh, um, on Martin Luther King's birthday, which happens to be at the same time as the the game. And you felt that that would make a, uh, a huge impact. Now, quite naturally, that suggestion got picked up. Um, it went viral, and a lot of people uh, started a hashtag. You know, no, no Tamir or or no 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 LeBron or no peace or something like that. No justice, no LeBron. No, That's right. Yeah. No justice, no LeBron. He was forced to respond to that, and um, you know, and he kind of you know, in many people's opinion, dodged a bullet and was saying, well, you know, I I don't really know what's going on with that particular case. I hadn't followed it, and. You know, LeBron himself is, you know, has given tremendous amounts back to the community, sending entire cities to college and all that. Yes, so you don't want to come down too hard on him. But at the same time, that's where the question was, you know, rose up because you could obviously see the limitations of what he may actually want to do versus the dictates of the NBA and those controlling factors. And that's Absolutely. where the whole discussion about activism and entertainers and what does it really mean and should, are we putting too much stock in a Steph Curry, in a LeBron James, um, you know, can they really go as far as the community needs them? Well, first of all, I just I definitely want to shout out uh, brother Tariq Torre out of Baltimore, who is the one that started the um, No LeBron uh, uh, or No Justice No LeBron hashtag. Um, so, so I, I wanted to give credit to that brother. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, obviously you but know. But you had sent out the tweet about the King. Oh yes, birthday. about that, that, that was King you. Yes, yeah, that was that, that was me, and I still um, you know believe that um, those players should sit out, um, not just because of what happened in Cleveland uh, with Tamir Rice. You know, when you look at Cleveland, you have a, 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 a police department that's been put under a consent decree. Uh, it's a police department that killed, um, you know, um, uh, two individuals shooting over 100 times. Um, those officers were not found. Um, and this is, uh, I believe, uh, Marissa Williams and Timothy Russell, uh, the, the officers that, you know, put uh, over 100 and 30-something bullets into their car, and they were unarmed and killed them. They were let go. Uh, Tanisha Anderson, a young woman uh, who was mentally uh, ill, was also choked to death by an officer uh, in the city of Cleveland. So we're not even just specifically talking about Tamir. We're talking about a, 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 a police department gone rogue and gone wild in Cleveland. Also on Martin Luther King Day, you know, Martin Luther King was somebody who boycotted who used economic boycotts as a weapon to get justice for our people in our community. So I felt like, and I don't even just want to put it on LeBron and Steph Curry, I feel like the NBA and the NBA Players Union should, in honor of Dr. King, boycott that game and, and take a stand similar to what the brothers uh, and the, and the, and the uh, football team in the University of Missouri did um, because of the injustice that was happening on that campus. But just like you said, I mean, the reality is, you know, LeBron James and Steph Curry don't own the teams. They don't own the leagues. You see what I'm saying? They have the most popularity, but they don't have the most power. And I think that's, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't absolve them of responsibilities as, you know, you know, LeBron James has two sons, you know, those children, you know, Tamir could have been one of his sons. Steph Curry has two daughters. You know, they're still, their celebrity does not uh, uh, prevent them 
from being subjected to being black people and black families in the United States of America. This could happen to you. And so they de there's definitely limitations on them really stepping out. But at the same time, I feel like we also, too, shouldn't let them off the hook. We should push them. We should press them, whether it's LeBron James or whether it's, um, you know, some of these NFL football, whether it's Cam Newton or whether it's Kevin Hart. We should, we should start putting pressure on them, you know, to begin to have a conversation about what is really concerning our community, which is, you know, um, and, and why young people are in the streets from Baltimore to Minneapolis to Oakland, California, you know, to L.A., to Chicago. It's this police violence that's happening at an all time high in our community. That's the voice of Jusiri X. And uh, Jusiri, I think you might be hitting your keyboard just uh, so you know it's coming across on the airwaves. Uh, I think that's my um, my. Um, my headphone. Your headphone. Okay. Phone. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I want to take a break for a second, and I want to play a song off the album, Black Liberation Theology. Um, it is a black album cover with the words Black Liberation Theology formed in the shape of, uh, of, a, of a gun, of, yes. a, of an assault rifle. Yes. Um, I want to come back and talk to you about this song, um, because you feature two incredible MCs who are no jokes in themselves, David Banner and Tahir Frost. So let's take a listen to this and come back and find out uh, the genesis, you know, what is behind Black Liberation Theology, because that has a deeper history. It's not just a, a an album title. Um, you're definitely making a statement and taking a stand. So we'll be right back here on Hard Knock Radio. See, now, as long as they kill us, and go to Wendy's and have a burger and go to sleep, they're going to keep killing us. But when we die and they die, then soon we're going to sit at a table and talk about retirement. Black mass, black gloves, and the black car, the black block, taking every shot like a black mama, black Moses. Freedom comes over a bed of black roses. The revolution starts the day after the crap closes. Black genius genetically in that black semen. My reparation is aiming until we back even. Black Jesus, fear the black penis. May God bless you if you hearing that cat sneezing. I'm George Jackson, five stars and four magnums, three eyes and two cannons, one shot, then you vanish. Don't got that your noodle, now walk a flocker, I'm shocker, Zulu, Bishop, Desmond, Tutu with the clip in, ready to shoot you, black voodoo. Fanny Lou, hang my presumed danger, I return like the pharaohs that curse these tomb raiders. Black as the true savior, two razors for you haters, black moors taking Jerusalem from the crusaders, X. Superman's a lie, cause Superman don't give a super f***ing black 
It sounds like I'm broke, but I'm really a super saiyan Hit a rap for the common folks who don't sell dope, yeah, and don't get high And if they do, it's just a method for us to get by What up, Kwali? Three years off like I'm Ali A Mississippi slum dog millionaire Bali We're back here listening to Black Liberation Theology Part 1 featuring David Banner, Tahir Frost, and uh, Jasiri X, who is uh, the person behind this album. Black Liberation Theology, what's the history behind it? It's, the, it's, it's not just a title. Right. I mean, well, well, for me, I wanted to, you know, I'm kind of, I've been known as an artist that um, an incident or something will happen in our community and I kind of will respond to it and have a song and have a video. But um, instead of doing something where I was uh, kind of responding to an incident as it happened, I wanted to create an album that, that, that was, uh, you know, sort of a companion piece to the movement and the struggle that I saw happening, you know, not only here in Pittsburgh, but all around the country and really all around the world, but particularly amongst uh, our black people. And so um, I, I, I chose the term uh, or, or the title Black Liberation Theology because I thought it was as powerful the fact that I feel like this generation is embracing blackness and being black and being proud, proud to be black in a, in a way in, a, in, in such a strong way, you know what I'm saying, from how we dress, you know, hairstyles and everything, but affirming our blackness and pushing back on anti-blackness in a way that I hadn't seen, um, you know, in, in my lifetime. Um, and we're, we're out here fighting for liberation. And so I thought black liberation theology, you know, was right on time. And so definitely shout out to James Cone, Professor James Cone, who coins that term. And, you know, when you push you know, when you listen to the album, I was going to say push play. I guess we don't really push play anymore. When you click on it or however you listen to it, the first voice on the album you hear is Professor James Cone. Right, in the song um, King James. In King James. And then you hear James Baldwin, you know, our king, our King James, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, definitely no pun intended, you know what I'm saying? The King James, uh, when it comes to the intellect and the knowledge and the social consciousness. Um, and so I definitely wanted, like I said, I you know, the... You know, when I listen to hip hop music, you know, the, 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 the corner has a soundtrack, the strip club has a soundtrack, you know what I'm saying? The dance floor has a soundtrack. I wanted to try to create a soundtrack for the movement that I see that's happening, you know, all around this country as we're pushing for freedom, justice, and equality. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Jasiri X, is because um, earlier this week we interviewed Chuck D. And we wanted to specifically have Chuck D on because... The landmark album that Public Enemy did was called Fear of a Black Planet. Yes. And it was rooted directly in the theology, I mean, in the ideology, in the scholarship of Dr. Francis Quest Welsing, who passed on, uh, you know, on, on, on January 1st of this year. Yes. Um, her theory on color confrontation and uh, what white supremacy really meant and the breakdown of that is woven throughout that album every That's sample true. every word every lyric is is connected to what she was talking about and i thought it was uh, very interesting because chuck said that you know at the time that they did the album there were people even in their camp that didn't fully embrace or get what they were trying to do and he had said that the goal was to make it a a a uh, 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 
a, a time bomb type of album, something that maybe 10, 15, in this case, 25 years down the road, you will pick it up and go like, oh my gosh, I now get what was being said. This whole marriage that you're doing with black theology, um, black liberation theology, it, was that kind of like a goal or an inspiration or is that coming from another space? No, it actually definitely was an inspiration. You know, the album, I wanted the album to sound um, and, and the sound of it to, to mirror, you know, those albums that came out in the, in the 90s um, to me that, you know, hip hop gave me knowledge of self. You know, I learned about, you know, just like you said, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing and, you know, Minister Farrakhan and these individuals that I, you know, have, you know, sampled on the album. I learned about because of hip hop, because hip hop artists were saying their names or mentioning their their their, their books. And then I would go run and try to find them or get them. Um, and so I wanted to create something like that for this time where, you know, if you don't know, you hear a voice and you say, well, who is that? And hopefully you want to go and investigate and learn and maybe read some of the works of a James Baldwin, you know, uh, go and, and, and research a, a, a Dr. Uh, um, uh, a Jeremiah Wright or Nikki Giovanni or, you know, go listen to uh, Nina Simone. And so I kind of definitely was trying to do something similar that the hip hop artists before me did for me that made me go investigate these individuals that they were talking about or they had clips of. And it led me to develop a, a, a real knowledge of myself. Let's listen to King James. As you said, James Combs, the person who coined that frame for black liberation theology. And, and, and I guess we should contextualize it. Part of what we are looking at is a clear understanding that the Bible and Christianity and, you know, the understanding of Jesus is that he's a liberator. He's a revolutionary. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and that, that conflicts and, and is often contrasted with an understanding that Jesus and God is here to bless America or God, uh, God blesses the country. Um, or there's a whole other ideology, a prosperity gospel, which is True. kind of individualistic. Like, you know, um, if you're poor, if you're not doing well, it's because you didn't pray hard enough. And that's very different than this whole understanding that, you know, that, that, that the religion is about freedom and making sure that the, uh, the last is first and the first is last type of understanding. Us is Absolutely. we and we is us and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, a pushback you know, to this traditional um, thinking. Even, you know, I have a, a song on an album called The Greatest, um, where, you know, the producer, Idas Tariq, samples, you know, the call, uh, Allah Akbar, you know, the, the, the Muslim call, which they're saying God is the greatest. But then I had, you know, a, a, a powerful young woman named Jaquia May sing kind of in a gospel way, My God is the Greatest, because I wanted to show, you know, the... the um, the unity between the two, between, you know, um, the, the, the principles of Islam and the principles of Christianity. So to have a Dr. Jeremiah Wright, but I'm telling my story and how me uh, discovering Islam and the nation helped save my life. And at the same time, I have a sister, a Christian sister, you know, singing in a very gospel way. And I wanted to show that unity, you know, at a time where you have a professor um, that you know, at a Christian college that says, you know, Christians and Muslims pray to the same God. And now she, they're trying to, you know, fire her from her job, you know, at the time where there's this rampant Islamophobia. So I also wanted to show the marriage between when I, when talking about theology, you know, I'm not necessarily just talking about Christianity. I'm talking about 
what's the belief system that's going to totally liberate us you know from this from the oppression that we're in right now and we're being oppressed and we're being shot down and we're being mistreated whether we christian whether we muslim whether we call ourselves uh, uh straight or gay you know what I mean? whatever right. however you identify you know what i'm saying oftentimes we're being killed and dealt with the way we are based on the color of our skin um in this country and that's why i wanted to try to create something that unified us behind uh this theology so the theology is liberation why don't we go back to back we're going to listen to king james and we'll flow right into the greatest and that's the song that you were just def- uh, describing which queer may so we're talking with Jasiri X, looking at his album, Black Liberation Theology, and how it connects to the movement. We're going to take a break here on Hard Knock Radio as uh, you're going to hear two songs back to back. We'll be right back. For the forgotten and the abused. For the marginalized and the despised. I write for those who are penniless and jobless, landless and those who have no political or social power. The God's building with God's children, trying to give them that oh my God feeling. Nigga, God willing, Allah heal them, they crying, I hear they pain, they tears collect like raindrops on window panes when it gets darker than the dress on your widow's frame at your grave. Holding tight to the kids that live with your name, just hold on, I'm reaching, I'm swimming out to the deep in my heart beating's a beacon, we gon' make it through the weekend. Lord knows the deeper the sword goes And looking wanna wear his armor Just call it my wardrobe The last chapter of a story that was foretold The slave promised more gold But left repaid less You could call him a poor soul Who gives a f- about a label when you just want warm clothes With the ladle in the suit to just get one more bowl It's cold as the North Pole So when you see that dot dash This is not Morris Cole We starving Bartering with cigarette cartons And subsidized apartments So far outside the margins They don't even see the genocide happening like Rwandans And we want glory and to be legends I know it's coming And we ain't that good at math I know we problems And we keep thinking cash will solve them That's why we robbing Malcolm with West Indian Archie Running through Harlem Never knowing one day That his mission will come call when God calls, are you ready to answer? Do you think Lance Armstrong was ready for cancer? When Richard Pryor was just JoJo dancing, did he think he would go down in history just from laughter? And you could call Kanye West a conceited bastard, but he became a rapper and made his dreams come to life in this life. Motherfucker, up here after on a tightrope to heaven, motherfucker, up factor. Dear master, I'm headed for clear pastures. And P.S. I turned your plantation to mere ashes. Yeah, the most coveted brother spits for the love of it. I'm just trying to get me a ticket aboard the mothership. I want to see my mother sit on top of the world because she birthed it and mothered it way before they discovered it. It's right there on the pyramid walls. They uncovered it. And Egypt is in Africa. Rupert Murdoch is sucker. Show the government my art is like the Ark of the Covenant. Cause I'm one with it. Godfather and son of it. My Uzi ways are turning it. It hits you like a ton of bricks. Don't need to call the ambulance. There's nothing left to come and get a hundred guns, a hundred clips And I'm headed to Wall Street Reparations is on me It's retaliation till we all free I'm on black liberation till they off me I don't know what most white people in this country feel But I can only include what they feel from the state of their institutions I don't know if white Christians hate Negroes or not But I know that we have a Christian church which is white and a Christian church which is, which is black. I know as Malcolm X once put it, it's the most segregated hour in American life is high noon on Sunday. That says a great deal for me about a Christian nation. It means that I can't afford to trust most white Christians and certainly cannot trust the Christian church. I don't know whether the labor unions and their bosses really hate me, 
That doesn't matter, but I know I'm not in their unions. I don't know if the real estate lobby is anything against black people, but I know the real estate lobbies keep me in the ghetto. I don't know if the, if the Board of Education hates black people, but I know the textbooks that give my children to read and the schools that we have to go to. Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen. When it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education education and lock them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America as long as she I was born in a clinic, formed on the south side by a lieutenant of the black peach stone nation, black foam in the basement, cocaine faces, know them same gangsters on a name to name basis, then pops left, felt he had to change places, but mom kept believing she was God and my thinking so hard to conceive it, when we moved to Pittsburgh, this sir was like the garden of Eden, but shaitan is everywhere, even on a better square, call the chicken to my face, oh, that is shit I never hear, fist spice for rich whites, 10 day suspensions, to coming home seeing moms praying for redemption, I was the thorny rose, bottles of them 40 O's Chasing all them corny hoes, all the little shorty knows I'm the dirty glass God chose to shine up Forever thankful to Allah till my time's up Wanted to be a rapper cause of everything that came with it The money and the fame in it But I'm stuck in my city, why am I languishing? Spending all of my days in the days of aimlessness Smoking on so much weed, start to slang this shit Still couldn't pay the rent, barely even made a dent Had to move back to mom's dream 86 Thinking that being discovered would lead to painlessness I was saved from it, trying to be a star Not knowing that I was made from it Thanks to the mercy of the master of the damn judgment Cause when I was a lost soul, he gave me comfort When I fell into hell, he raised me above it So to him I give all of the praise, beloved All I wanted was the American dream Instead I buried my seed in the soil of a line I'm eating from every tree I mean We're back here, David D, Hard Knock Radio, listening to the song The Greatest, My God, featuring Jaquia May. You know, we've been having a lot of conversations in, uh, in recent weeks and months about 
uh, the importance of spirituality and the role that it should be played um, in our liberation and how uh, we should, as a people, uh, how we start to navigate it, especially at a time when religion um, is often uh, um, seen as something that is very stifling and sure. in, in many places almost a corrupting type of factor. Um, how do you know? And I, I understand definitely if you're talking about black liberation theology, you're trying to counter that narrative. But in a very practical sense, um, how do you, you know, what do you suggest to people, you know, maybe the youth that you're working with on how they may want to center themselves? Um, if they're going to have this spirituality, if they're going to have this religion, so that they can be discerning and understanding what is a hustle and what is really about, um, you know, uh, uh, um, mentally and spiritually preparing them for battle. Well, you know, it's got to be rooted in real study, you know, and I think that's, it, it can't be, um, you know, and, and to me, I think, you know, it's, you know, we, every a lot of us, man, are really suffering, and, and 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 many people are not happy with their everyday lives, and so they're looking for you know some type of outlet or some type of release, and so sometimes you know, you know, somebody saying a great sermon can be that, you know, it can have a similar effect as you know you're going to a to a sports game and it's kind of seeing your team win, and you kind of have this release, but if it's not. Um, um, solidified or buttressed with the real study of the book and to really read it for yourself you know and and you know when you, when you talk about the bible i mean you you also have to understand there's different translations of it um same with the quran there's different individuals translating it but so if i'm if, if i just leave it leave myself to just listen to somebody telling me anything then I kind of leave myself open to possibly be deceived because I'm really just relying on somebody else's understanding. And so, you know, I would tell anybody and, and that's that's not just spirituality. That's whatever you're interested in, you know, right. that that it, it, for you to really, truly understand it, you have to take a deep study of it. This is the same thing with this movement. You know, people are kind of popping up around this movement and, you know, OK, man, you might be on, you know, um, MSNBC or you might have some Twitter followers. But what are you reading? What are you studying? You know, what? who are your mentors in this movement? What is your history in it? You know, how deep do your roots go? And if, if you don't have that, and if we don't have a real ideology that's based on real knowledge, principles, history, you know, strategies that's worked and doesn't work, then, you know, we'll fall victim to somebody because they look a certain way or they sound a certain way or they use social media a certain way, and then all of a sudden we'll find ourselves being led away from the liberation that we're actually seeking. So, I, you know, I'll say to my students, like, don't believe it because I said, go do the research. You right. know, and, and, and the research has to be more than like somebody talking on a YouTube video. Like you got to get you got to get into like, well, if they're referencing a book, what is it? Where is it coming from? And read it for yourselves. And I feel like that part of it, in, in, in this movement, we have to become more educated, whether it's religiously, whether it's politically, uh, whether we're talking about, you know, Pan-Africanism, all of that. This is one of the reasons why I love your writings. Uh, because you always come 
with a, 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 a understanding that's deeper than whatever people are talking about on the surface and you provide references for what you come with. You know, that's true journalism that oftentimes is missing, you know, in this kind of blogging, doing whatever we do world right now. So that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate you and your writing and why you're important to this movement. Well, I appreciate the uh, compliments. Uh, we're talking with Jasiri X, if you're just tuning in, looking at his album, Black Liberation Theology. Let's play the new Nat Turners. Um, oftentimes people say, you know, the religion is uh, uh, stifling and it's, it's non-liberating, but he had a preacher who put the fear of God <laughs> in the people that he was trying to take out. Um, what inspired right. you to do the new Nat Turners? Why is it on this album? Um, well, you know, it was a song that I did that um, was really a response to Kanye's New Slaves. And um, I, I, although, you know, I liked, you know, some of what Kanye was saying on New Slaves, but I just felt like he didn't go far enough uh, because I feel like if you identify that, okay, we're new slaves, then you should begin the process of getting free. Like going from one corporation, going from Nike to Adidas is in freedom. You just traded one, you know, quote unquote, slave master for another in a sense. I know, you know, I'm not trying to compare to the atrocities that, you know, really happened to our, our people historically, but in, a, in an allegorical sense, that's basically what you've done. And so, you know, I really wrote that song as a declaration of my own personal independence to say I'm not interested in no mainstream major label success. What I want to do is put out, you know, music that is absolutely um, um, laser sharp focus in terms of dealing and raising our consciousness. And if that means that, you know, I'll be independent forever, I'm OK with that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know. Nat Turner wasn't interested in making no deals or making no compromises. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was interested in liberation or else or nothing else. And that's kind of why I wanted to do. So I wanted to do that in a hip hop. And manifesto. we should remember he was a preacher. Him, Denmark Vesey, and a number of people, David Walker. There's a whole lineage of people that come out of that understanding that, uh, that their religion wasn't a docile type of religion. Absolutely not. And that goes back to, you know, that uh, AK-47 on the cover, you know, which is that. And that's really what I'm saying, that, you know, not only, you know, that, that the, the power of, you know, real liberation gospel, but also affirming our right as black and brown folks to defend ourselves, you know, that we have a, a, a God given right. And, you know, you, you know about the deacons of defense and you know about these individuals that protected us in our community because we were under attack from domestic terrorists. You know, and back then it was they was in white uniform, white hoods and now they're in blue uniforms. And so we definitely have the right, the God given right to defend ourselves. Here's the new Nat Turners. We'll be right back. You be scared. I ain't scared. Ramadan, the industry's a bunch of fake heroes like Comic-Con. 
Behind that mask, you Robert Downey Jr. My sheroes got a two million bounty on the future. Matulu's locked in San Bernardino County as a shooter. You some go along, get along, how we all neuter. I'm a mother, I'll do for my troops. Scars, you gon' need a mother, I'll ya. Don't let these new Steven ass groups again prove ya. Cause with Miss Shore Candy, it's tired, he gon' mute ya. And I ain't Django either. I ain't waiting for no white man to come and give me my freedom. I won't join them out, beat them, leave them rotten in the hot sun. Rock them with the shotgun. Shot out, I'm the top one. Tell the core in the box them. Eulogize and drop them. If the choice is freedom or death, then what's the option? Oh, y'all, them RG3 and the smiling at the camera. Them happy that y'all can please against. I'm the rock with fines worth as a marine. And he like the mind of Farrakhan. I'm on my dean. That's why I never believe niggas. Oh, you got the Instagrams. How come we never see pictures? Then claim God, but never read scriptures. So we worship fame because of celebrities richer. So Jesus becomes Jesus. Then I guess Kim Kardashian is Mary Magdalene. And all her sins are cleansed through the camera lens. But then again, maybe I'm just rambling. Line up these industry CEOs and let me battle them. So Jimmy Iovine, the crime scene with his headless brethren, then tell him signees. And when I hear sirens, disconnect his neck from his spine clean. The difference, my spitting is the equivalent of using your high beams. All I want is you and your mind free, the time needs. Way more than a nice beat in the rhyme scheme Cause all that bullshit is show up I'm talking don't fertilize seeds I heard it takes two chains to make a slave One on your physical frame and one on your brain And once they got your mental enslaved it runs like a train So what are you really saying when you claim you stuck in the game? See they create corporations cause they never wanted fame So the head again that you see is the head again underpaid Damn, just another slave. I'm John Jacques Dessaline. I swing a motherfucking blade X. Checking out the song New Nat Turner's Jasiri X, our guest on today's show, Hard Knock Radio. The name of the album, Black Liberation Theology. Um, Jasiri, just uh, the other day, a report came out. Um, the Washington Post said that they did a study of all the police killings that have taken place this year. Right. They come up with a number that is close to a thousand, and they are making the claim that the movement for police accountability, the movement to end police terrorism, has been greatly exaggerated. That the um, that is a very small percentage of people who have been shot and killed by the police. Um, they 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 put it somewhere in a number of four percent where they were unarmed or it was questionable, and that the overwhelming majority of the time that police are shooting, it's in self-defense, and, and basically that this, this movement has been overblown and, and has been an, an exaggeration. Uh, police unions, of course, are running with that. Uh, people who have been in opposition to the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and other the Justice or Else movements and all that are, 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 are running rampant with that. What are your thoughts on that report, and how do how do we contextualize, you know, your experience? And I ask you this as somebody who's been around the country. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that you and Bakari Katwana, scholar Bakari Katwana, have done tours with everybody around the country, um, sure. speaking tours um, with panel discussions dealing with this issue of police brutality for the past couple of years. So right. I think you got an idea of what's going on at all these different ports uh, where people are organizing. But that is now seeming to uh, be challenged by an institution like the Washington Post. 
Well, I think it's interesting because I think that, um, you know, that's where you can kind of try to take math and, and flip it, you know, um, you know, particularly when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, it's this many percentage, but, you know, as, as African-Americans in this country, I think we're, what, 12% of the total population. And so when you begin to break those numbers down um, and, and you begin to see um, how, how high a risk uh, we have, particularly as black and brown folks, from being killed by the police. Then if you go to any high school or any, you know, college and you get with a group of black or brown folks and say how many of you have been harassed by the police or know somebody in your family that's been harassed by the police, it's probably 100% of those individuals that are going to raise their hand. And I think you also have to see, like, okay, you know, we're not just protesting the police killings. But we're also protesting the way that the system then deals with these police officers who are shooting and killing unarmed people. Look at what happens in Chicago. Here you have uh, information now coming out that the uh, mayor's office conspired with the Chicago Police Department to suppress evidence in these cases of shootings. They conspired to uh, uh, prevent the video of Laquan McDowell shooting from coming out for over a year. Um, and then only when the judge forces him to release it is the officer charged. He's out on bail right now. The officer that shot Walter Scott on videotape, um, who then went and lied about the whole interaction and confrontation. You're talking about in South Carolina. In South Carolina. Now, he's out on bail. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen in these cases. You have a case in Chicago. You have a building that was a, a, a black site where, you know, young people were being arrested and literally disappeared, not being put into the system, being being tortured and questioned, which is 100 percent against the Constitution of the United States. You know, you have a hung jury um, in the case of Freddie Gray, where you're saying, you know, a, a, a man who was arrested wrongfully for did not do anything to get arrested, yet ends up with a broken spine. I mean, and so when you when you begin to really look at how the system then protects, you know, officers who are consistently breaking the law. That's when we begin. See, that's not justice. You know, this is the thing. And, and this is the, the, you know, in my experience dealing with the police right here in Pittsburgh, you know, police have a stressful job. It's a difficult job. You know, I understand that. But to act as if you never make a mistake, you're never wrong, you're never incorrect. And so when you do, you know, shoot a young man in his back 16 times, you don't even have a system that punishes that officer, that removes that officer, that imprisons that officer, that makes sure that we can have confidence in the people that we give so much power to. But no, you protect the officer. You get behind the officer. You pay his bail. You provide him with lawyers. You suppress evidence for him. And then you want us to turn around and act like there is no problem. Look at what happened um, just recently in Chicago. I'm in Chicago last week when Betty Jones, a 55 year old mother of five and uh, 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 Quintonio, um, uh, um, I, I forget the brother's last name, gets who he was a 19 year old honor student who has a baseball bat. He shot seven times. This woman is shot and killed. They don't have just for opening her door for opening the door. You know, I mean, this is out utterly insane. And so I don't you can bring all the stats you want in the world. We have a problem. And if you would rather, this is the thing. Okay, police union, if you want to continue going on status quo, then you force us 
to then take justice in our own hands. If you're going to constantly deny us the ability to get justice through your system, you see, this is where we're talking about some real black liberation. Then I have to know, and then and, and, and the police are in my community, not as people that are protecting and serving, but as people that is openly oppressive towards me. And, and I can't get justice that way. Then you force me to then take justice in my own hands. Then what happens at that point when we begin to say, OK, well, I can't trust this police. I can't call the police. So now I have to arm myself and I have to protect myself and I have to protect my own community. You know, are you going to treat us like you like you're treating those dudes in Oregon that's armed up and then took something over? Yeah, that's so the question. I, yeah. I, I would say, you know, it would be better to recognize the problem, acknowledge the problem and let's work to have real reform, because if it ain't going to be reform, then it's going to be revolution. But it's going to be a change. Believe me. It's not going to keep going like it is, and we're just going to keep accepting it. Jasiri X, we appreciate you taking time out. The name of the album, Black Liberation Theology, and uh, we appreciate your insight. We're going to leave out of here with the song that you did with Ryan Fest called Christ Is, and uh, we will be in touch with you next time you're in the Bay. Appreciate it, brother. We'll be right back, Hard Knock Radio. I want to raise a question. Well, if you're going to talk about Jesus, did you really talk about the empire that put him to death and what the connection is between that empire and the empire that we're a part of now and what, what Jesus demands of us in this empire? Jesus walks up to the pulpit, looks at the whole congregation and says, It's bullshit. Who let the politician in? Who the pastor endorsing? Single mother losing a career while you making a fortune? When Jesus' mama was new, she ain't know what to do. Her baby daddy came home like, You pregnant by who? No DNA was tested. No lawyer was hired. Mary finessed him on a dream. You got the Messiah. Jesus joined Twitter. The first mention delivered said, Not you. Nothing. Hope they pop you. Nothing. We should bring back the Romans just to stop these niggas You just turn the child like, man, how you block these niggas? Imagine Jesus on the ground, pictures with his fam TBT with Mary out in Egypt on the lamb Ran up in the Vatican where the Pope was having mass And started turning the tables like Grandmaster Flash If Jesus was a Palestinian, he'd eat falafels If Jesus was a Mexican, he'd probably get the tacos If he was black, he would order chicken and waffles But I don't care what color he was, that's the apostle And he was hostile, a revolutionary Run up in the church, grab the mic and yell Y'all perverting the gospel Now who gon' be the first to follow me out to the blocks move And if the cops get you, just know that my father got you My Jesus is blacker than Flavor Flav Same color